Welcome back to the Three Crosses Podcast. My name is Danny Strange, and I am your host today for a special episode of our podcast highlighting a change in leadership in our church. If you were around this week, you heard Pastor Larry announce a succession plan, handing off the ministry of Three Crosses to a new leader, and that person is me. And so Larry asked me to interview him um, on the podcast this week and give a little glimpse into this process and his heart uh, for succession and for the local church. And so I I know you'll be encouraged by hearing this process that Larry lays out and some of his heart for why he decided this was the time to hand over the reins of the ministry to someone new and how we got to where we are today. Enjoy the podcast. Larry, welcome to the podcast. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Is this your first time on the Three Crosses podcast? No, actually. I was uh, interviewed by Buzz Hannon. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, this interview is going to be slightly different. Some big news was shared this week. For for those who are brand new, can you give them a glimpse into to what's going on at our church? Yeah, what news was that? <laughs> I, I, was, I, I missed the service on Sunday, so I missed it. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was kind of big news, and I love sharing it. And you know, uh, I'm so glad that anyone's listening to this podcast because it gives us an opportunity to kind of talk about stuff more than what we could just say on Sunday. What I could say on Sunday, and I started off by talking about you know how much I love our church, how much I love our people, and I uh, love how Paul just opens his uh, letter to the Philippians, saying, you know, every time I think of you, I pray for you, and I thank God for you, and. He just kind of goes on and on and said, just being confident that the the work that he's begun will be completed in you. And uh, so, I, you know, I love our people. I love our church. And I share with them that uh, we've been uh, under a lot of discussion and and work for a fair amount of years, actually, and and just kind of let everyone know that that has culminated in a, in a decision being made about my uh, my leaving the position that I am in senior pastorate and uh, turning it over to you. As <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the interviewer is becoming, or the interviewee is becoming the interviewer. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, that was great news, and it was a very exciting news to share it because I'm personally excited about it, love it, think it's going to be the greatest thing for our church, and that we've got just amazing days, greatest days ahead. I am a. You know, if you, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. That's another podcast. That's the next podcast. That's going to be the counseling couch, counseling couch with Dr. Larry Bold. Uh, people might not know you actually wrote the book on pastoral succession. I know that was uh, so. Crazy. You've been thinking about this for for like, twenty two years. Uh, yes. Can you give us a glimpse into kind of what what that what I mean when I say yeah. that? Yeah, you know, so I yeah, I think about three people have read that book. It was my <laughs> dissertation uh, director and my mentor and all those things. Yeah, I did my dissertation, my doctoral dissertation on successful succession planning. I have to it's be careful how you yeah. say that. Yeah, um, and really kind of use the model of our own church because, as you know, I uh, in 1996 I became the senior pastor here, the third senior pastor of our th- Three Crosses family. And, uh, and that was kind of a big deal because Jake, my predecessor, had been here for 42 years as wow. senior pastor, not the founder, but 42 years. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, I thought, hey, you know, I loved how he did it. And I thought it was so compelling to me at the time because in coming into the position, I could just see the work it took on his part to kind of not only set it up, but then write it out. And I thought, you know, this would be a great testing ground to see how other churches have done it. And my, I was hedging the bet that um, other churches hadn't done it as well as we were doing it. 
Did you uh, did you find that to be true in your research? I, I did. There were I I, I uh, researched like ten large churches that had gone through succession planning, um, and actually the the models were successful transition. Mm. But so we kind of measured what were the most successful out of the successful. And the thing that I loved about what we did in our church was the role of the senior pastor, the predecessor relationship with the with the successor. Mm-hmm. And how Jake modeled such a beautiful picture of uh, support, uh, you know, setting things up by giving me enough support going into it, and then coming out of it being just a cheerleader, and 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 I don't mean like in a sense of blinding your eyes to things, but mm-hmm. just really uh, a sincere, you know, like hey, I've got your back, you know, mm-hmm. and I really believed it, and and so I look forward to that too. And so that was kind of the the. That was the element that made for a most successful transition. Yeah, it was really the relationship uh, of the predecessor and the successor. That was the biggest thing because it made the church realize that, hey, first of all, these guys aren't in competition with each other. These guys love the same Lord that we love. They love us, Mm -hmm. and they've come to this place. And it wasn't just them because our board was involved in the decision back then too, just like ours Mm -hmm. is now. But it was was like the leadership – a group was unified about it. And that just put people at rest. Like, you know, people might be listening right now, and, and you know, I've been around churches long enough to know that sometimes people are going, okay, you know, well, what's the real story here? You know, like, you know, Larry's sick of ministry. Larry can't stand this work anymore. Uh, or Larry is just burned out, or he's old, or whatever. And actually, there's a combination of some of that because I do feel, and I'll talk about this if we want to, but uh, I do feel like there's a you know, uh, there is a course that you take that you kind of come near to a finish line. You're kind of wondering, like, well, what's next for me, mm-hmm. even if it's not in this position? And one of the funniest things I heard someone say, it's not unique with me, but, you know, a pastor going out of a long-term tenured ministry is going to hear one of two things. And they're the exact same words, but they're just nuanced a little different. And one is going to be, some, you know, I could go out and people could say, Larry, we're sorry you're leaving. That's a great sentence, and that's how I could go out. Or people could say, Larry, we're sorry, comma, you're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and every pastor dreads the latter. You know, like people have come to the point where they say, you know, it's just better that we not have you around. Mm. And so it was really, you know, my desire to, when that time came, when God made it clear to me that some of the things that I would hope for would be number one, the church would be healthy. Mm-hmm. There would be a, you know, it wouldn't be like a train wreck going on. Two, there would be a financial support that was steady, that, you know, we were good with our finances. Uh, thirdly, that we were actually in a mode of, of growing and that there was good things on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, and fourth, that I had gas in the tank, you know, mm-hmm. like I was still excited about doing ministry. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to leave when any of those things were not those components you know i didn't want to leave with it being a train wreck or finances being bad or i'm at the end of my rope or any of that and so god has been very gracious to kind of work all that out and you know as you kind of you shared on sunday just the idea of four years ago feeling like okay this end of the road is nearing for me in this specific role were you looking at those four kind of categories to make that decision or what was it that made you start feeling that yeah, maybe the end of this season of my ministry is drawing near. Yeah, it's a great question. I, it's funny. There's probably a combination of things. Um, one is I've always had in the back of my mind when I started ministry, and I feel like I've only been doing it for a couple of years, you know, which is the weird part. But I always had in my mind that um, somewhere around sixty, I would want to transition. And the reason I felt that way, maybe I'm just thinking back now. Um, when I when I came to know Christ and grew up in a church, a little Baptist church across the bay, the pastor there, great pastor, 
Um, and he was probably in his late 60s when he stepped down uh, from his ministry. Um, and I felt like at the time, like, you know, it maybe could have been better had he gone just a few years earlier than that. Not that he finished with a sigh, but I, th- I just think maybe the church had lost a little bit of its momentum uh, when he had finally stepped down. Um, and and so that was maybe one thing, one little point in my mind. Um, my predecessor, you know, he had a lot of energy and a lot of passion, and he went a lot older. How um, old was Jake when he transitioned out of that role? Jake was 80 years old. <laughs> <laughs> now you the joke, that, you joke could... that you feel 80, but you <laughs> are not and do not look 80. <laughs> I don't know about that. I actually, <laughs> I've got stories about that that might say otherwise. But um, I kind of think, and, you know, uh, I've talked with Jake and his family about this in later years before Jake passed on, that, you know, Jake Jake had a, a kind of a tenacity that not too many pastors have, and he had a drive that um, really probably uh, made sense in, certain, in terms of how long he stayed in his role. And God worked it out because really the church remained healthy. All the things that were true of what I wanted to leave as really were the same as when Jake mm-hmm. left. Just the age was a little different. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe those things kind of formulated in me a little desire to kind of, you know, Maybe maybe somewhere in the 60s, my early 60s. I'm 61 right now. Um, I think it's a good time. Uh, uh, but but even further than that, it was more of like, okay, um, succession's going to happen at some point. And even in the joke that I just shared a minute ago, you know, I I really thought I want to be on the front end of this and kind of pushing it a little bit. And so I wasn't ready to go then, and I wasn't even sure how long I would go. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I had the sixty mark in my mind, but I was like fifty-seven at the time or so. And so I kind of thought, well, you know, we'll see how it goes. And there's a lot of other factors too, uh, factors such as um, who's in the bull, you know, the bullpen. You know, mm-hmm. who are the people that we can work with and train? And and of course, you were, you know, at the time, at the time of my thoughts on this, you know, you were the most obvious guy in my thinking that would be a guy that would succeed me. But there were other guys, too, that possibly could have been in there. And, of course, you know, uh, one of the questions of the board when uh, – well, we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, you know, when we got into more serious talk. But the four years ago piece was more of like, hey, I want people to have this. This should be a normal discussion. should be a dialogue that every church leadership is doing. Mm-hmm. And in my research, when I did my dissertation – that came out too. That a lot of times it was really not thought about, and so when when it came time for succession, everybody's backpedaling and nobody knows what to do, and including the pastor in the role. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's kind of like, "Whoa, you know what's going on here?" And then it becomes very, you know, political a little bit, and people are like, "You know, who's saying what?" and yeah. all that. And it's, I have to imagine that something that you wrote 22 years ago makes a different kind of sense than it makes. 22 years later when you actually are 57 and you're realizing once these words come out of my mouth, you can't, like you can't unring that bell. Like I'm about to say, let's start thinking about me retiring and the board could say, all right, Right. how about tomorrow? You know, or whatever. Was that like a scary moment (laughs) to have to like break that can open in front of the, uh, our governing eldership? Yeah, a little bit. And they were kind of taken back by it too. Cause I think they thought, Hey, you know, like at that time, just under 20 years of ministry as a senior pastor and, Probably thinking like I've got, you know, maybe. I, in fact, I remember times guys going, oh, "You've got ten years for sure," you know, and maybe I did. Like I was like, "Well, hey, you know, could be," but let's let's just um, let's at least have thoughtful discussion about it. Mm-hmm. And so, and I also kind of kept the word of retirement out of the picture because I wanted people to know that 
if and when that came, if I was to be around, if I could be around, I didn't want to retire. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to just kind of just walk off and start, you know, golfing every day. Is that like a unique thing? Like when you did the research on succession planning to have the the pastor not retire, but stay on on staff and serve in that church? Yeah, that that's a unique thing. That definitely is. Most of the churches that uh, did succession, uh, the pastor goes away. Um, he moves away. Sometimes it's even required. You know, it it's like we don't even watch. <laughs> yeah, you got to like turn into a hermit or something and go somewhere. But um, yeah, so that it is a rare thing that a pastor sticks around. And I kind of thought, you know, and I, actually that's why I felt like our model was really good because having Jake around and having me here and actually being able to in the months that followed talk about Jake and services and kind of remind people of the background and the the blessing of our church mm-hmm. with him there it was really great our church you know and it wasn't it it was sincere because i thought mm-hmm. this is what made this transition work well mm-hmm. um, and i thought there's something missing in churches and i you know look at all the biblical patterns of succession you don't see anybody like saying you know you know <laughs> you know you need to go away yeah. you need to disappear and act like you've never existed but the reality is a lot of pastors that step into that next phase if they retire or if they want to you know transition they become micromanagers and it's the, they still want it to be their church you know in the sense of like their leadership construct and all that and I've never been like that I felt mm-hmm. like you know um, the leader's the leader and whatever God's put on that leader's heart so I've actually all my life been I think a better follower than a leader but when I took the role of being the leader God has fashioned me into that leadership role but he's kept in my heart this sense of support and undergirding. I can't wait to be a follower again. <laughs> I, know. I was, was going to ask, is that like, a, like, are you feeling like you're going to miss the mm. leadership baton or just based on how you're wired? Are you thinking, oh, I get to just follow now? Yeah. Like what is your yeah. emotion towards that? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. Um, I'll probably miss some aspects of it because I do love shepherding and I, I love shepherding from the position of being able to influence others. And whether that's our entire staff or a board of elders, um, or just in the church family, having a voice that way. I loved doing that. And that's probably part of what I'll miss, but I think I can do that just as effectively, um, just in a different way, uh, through mentoring our younger generation staff, having some sort of influence you know, in, in your realm and the position mm-hmm. that you're going to be taking, uh, but not in any micromanagement sort of way. I look, look at it as more of like uh, the benefit of having been there mm-hmm. and not feeling like it's got to be, you know, it's got to be of me anymore. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine. Like, I feel like if the the founding pastor or the the last senior pastor goes away, I'm sure there's days where you're thinking like, oh no, like I have a question and the only person who knows the answer lives in Phoenix now or something, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. It's feel like you're going to be like 10 feet down the hall. Like, yeah. This is great. <laughs> I know. Yes. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be great. I remember when I became the senior pastor, uh, one of the first, I don't know, it was a, maybe in the first month, I got a really hard letter from somebody in our church, and they were just upset about something. I don't remember if it was something I said, but they were just upset. And I remember it kind of upset me because I thought this was like my first sort of like, ooh, you know, like a pushback from somebody that was, and they were kind of, you know, they were they were a prominent members, people, you know, they were not like a guest or a visitor. And so... I remember just struggling with this, and what do I do? So I walked into Jake's office, uh, you know, my predecessor, Jake, and and I said, Jake, you know, what do you think of this? And I, I showed him the letter, and he goes, well, it, it just shows me this. You're the senior pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I understand now, you know. But then he sat down, he prayed with me, and he said, look, you know, uh, first of all, is there anything in there that's true in your heart that you're not wanting to push back because it's, 
anything else, but just is there any element of truth in what they've said? And so I evaluated that, and he said, if there is, uh, address it. Mm-hmm. And if there isn't, then thank God for um, the fact that there isn't and and move on. And and it was great advice. And I remember there was a shade of something that the person said that I felt convicted about, and I talked to him about it, and we worked it out. Um, but it, it sort of set me free. So yeah, having that kind of, and that happened dozens of times mm-hmm. over the first couple of years. Jake was a great sounding board. It was awesome. So the letters are going to start coming. <laughs> they all come in emails now, so they're faster. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm sure you'll get nothing but positive things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so 22 years of thinking, okay, I'm going to do this yeah. well. And yeah. then four years ago, they, okay, yeah. it's time to start the conversation. Yeah. What were what were some of the moments that accelerated that conversation or moved it forward? Yeah. You know, you mentioned... You yeah. know, six months, a year ago, feeling like, okay, you being released, what, is, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah, so walking everybody through that little transition period, um, okay, so first, it was like, let's talk about it as a board, and we're discussing, and we were reading some books on succession, and we had some great, really animated discussions about all that at the leadership level. Mm-hmm. And then, um, all the while, you know, I think I'm working with you, mm-hmm. uh, you're doing more teaching, I'm inviting you into the teaching role a little bit more. I'm kind of pulling you in on some things, and you're a part of our team leadership, and so you're a part. You're a part of hearing some of the struggles I'm having as a pastor, some of the challenges we're facing as a church, and you know, you along with the others that were in the, around that table were very you know supportive and encouraging. So you're hearing all that, and then I think it was maybe three years into it or so, you know, you and I had a conversation about just like where you are coming from mm-hmm. and what you thought about your future. And and so then that kind of got me moving a little bit stronger with like, well, hey, I'd, <clears throat> I, you know, obviously if you're interested in, in pursuing, not, I mean, you were pursuing like the desire of being a senior pastor and and it seemed natural that it would be here. I mean, there wasn't like, hey, Larry, I want to mm-hmm. be a senior pastor and I'm going to be going hopefully to the Southwest or something. Mm-hmm. It was always about this, but as uh, anyway, at that season, that kind of galvanized in me. Okay, Danny is the guy that we need to support and and pour into. And as I poured into more, as I poured more into you, uh, that became evident with our governing elders. And that's where the discussion started happening about. Well, you know, okay, that's really their decision. And so they kind of, you know, just gave me some clarity in terms of not getting too far ahead of the process mm-hmm. and letting them kind of speak into that process. And so I think that kind of engaged them in a new level because mm-hmm. it's like we went from me talking to them and them talking to me about succession to all of a sudden now we've got somebody who actually is is a potential successor. Mm-hmm. And I can see that's like that being the point of the process in a lot of churches where it all goes haywire, you know, yeah. where you've got all these You've got some like young guy who's trying to take the church over. Yeah. You got this old guy who's trying to hold on to his job as long as possible. And you got this board who's saying, no, this is our job. Right. I don't feel like that's how it yeah. fleshed out here. Yeah. Um, what did that dynamic feel like um, between a board who you've said that's their job is to hire and elect and vote the senior pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you who are the primary, you know, you're working with the board, leading the board and and yet handing that off to them, yeah. and then someone else on staff saying, hey, I'm feeling compelled to step into this type of ministry. Mm. How did that feel kind of walking through that whole? Uh, yeah, it, it was a real learning process for all of us. And it's a great question. In fact, it may be in a subsequent podcast, we can talk more about this, but 
you know, at the governing eldership role, um, you know, the, like you pointed out, their two jobs are to, and we take this out of 1 Timothy 5.17, where it says those who govern in the affairs of the church are those who serve in the affairs of the church. Uh, we consider that as as a different type of eldership, even though it's eldership, than pastoral eldership. These are people that are actually governing the church. So they work with policy uh, development and ensuring that we stay on track with our policy, our purpose, our mission, so that no, none of us, including the senior pastor, gets off track. Um, and then that other component, like you mentioned, Danny, the the idea of either hiring or letting go of a senior pastor, that's their two primary responsibilities. So they take it very serious. So in the in the category of the you know electing of the of the new senior pastor, um, it became a very animated discussion about, well, you know, uh, first of all, you know, do we have somebody that's ready? Mm-hmm. and and Larry, are you ready to you know make a change? And so those are the two, you know, that was kind of the dance that we went through. And you know the first part of that is in terms of do we have somebody that's ready? Um, you know, I was convinced that we do and that we were in the process of making that person ready. And they didn't know you as well, obviously. And so there was more hesitation, not because of any other reason, just than the fact that they wanted to know more about you. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to also understand more of, of what, um, what would be in the best interest of our church. They, you know, our eldership w- was very for- forthright in saying, you know, we should, you know, we should not necessarily only consider people on the inside. Mm-hmm. There could be someone on the outside that is a great pick for our next senior pastor. Of course, depending on when you leave, Larry, and all that kind of stuff. So um, it opened up a lot of really rigorous dialogue about all that, and I'm really proud of our elders that they <clears throat> that they stayed the course of when it came down to. Um, okay, so well, I'm back. I'm kind of running ahead of myself. So in the process, Danny then it was determined, like when I was clear with the board, like, I think we've got our guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know him as well, but I think we've got the guy. Um, I've been working with him, Danny, and I think it's time that you guys understand a little bit more of him. And so there was a pretty strong, you know, uh, connection with you at that time. And it was decided by them to say, look, we love Danny. We think Danny's awesome. Um, but because Larry's not ready to pull the trigger yet, and we're not quite sure how long this process will be, we're not going to guarantee or affirm Danny at that point. That was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So let's put Danny through a pretty intentional process of getting him the best reps he can on everything we do in ministry. And so you start attending the board and uh, board meetings for a while. Um, there was, there was uh, some interchange with that. There was more teaching opportunity. You just kind of took on more responsibility. And so there was like this beautiful sort of like emerging understanding of who Danny was. And and their goal was the best senior pastor, whether it's here or somewhere else. And I love that about that because they believed in you and they, they knew that you were certainly capable of doing that. Would it be the right fit here? Would it fit with Larry's timing, all that stuff? And when I say Larry's timing, it wasn't like totally up to me. It's really more of like, well, when God's going to speak to Larry about when it is the right time, and we don't know when that is because mm-hmm. two years ago I couldn't tell him, you know. So, um, yeah. So, so that was two years ago, and then a year ago they said, uh, "Hey, let's let's have Danny take on the role of that executive pastor, which we've never had, and that would put you really into that slot of really working with staff and kind of seeing where you know where the." hard parts are and the, you know, cause that was kind of my role for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, you know, our team leadership kind of morphed that a little bit, but anyway, you took on a very distinct and unique role and you did it great. 
one of the board meetings we had back in the early part of last year, uh, maybe it was like three months into your executive role, um, it was really cool how the board said, you know, uh, Danny is doing a great job. Danny is hitting all the metrics that we've been wondering about or asking about. And so, you know, they were really in a position at that time of saying, this really looks good. Um, we need to, you know, maybe drill down a little bit more. But it was obvious that things were moving in that direction. And maybe that was part of the impetus where <clears throat> I took a, a motorcycle ride with a group of my friends. And uh, it was the last day of the trip. It was four days. And... Um, I was kind of wrestling with God because I kept thinking like, Lord, you know, things were coming together, but I wasn't getting any sort of like direction or peace about like an actual like, this is the time, you know? And in fact, one the first night we were together, I didn't even sleep. I could not sleep a wink. And I went out and walked and I was literally, I'm saying, God, this would be a perfect time to tell me <laughs> because I am awake, it's three in the morning, I'm looking up at the moon, I'm walking around. Seriously, this was in the, and I'm thinking, I could be eaten by a bear out here. We're up in the Sierras. <laughs> I'm totally in the dark. It was hilarious. And nothing came. And it was like, I told the guys the next morning, I just said, hey, I've been praying about some stuff. These are guys not in, some of them were leadership, but just really just friends. And um, and I said, I, you know, I was kind of trying to hear from God last night, but I didn't. And uh, so I'm just praying and I'm exhausted. So please pray for me today on my ride so I don't, you know, go off the cliff. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so we went through those three days together or whatever it was. And on the last day on the way home, I was riding along and I don't know what it was, but I was alone in my helmet. There was, uh, we have these little scenes where we talk to each other and uh, I just shut it off. And so I was just completely alone. I'm riding along and I just felt like the Spirit of God saying, you know what? I don't know why you're struggling with all this. You've got the guy. You set up the process. The board is engaged. Um, it's time. I just kind of, no audible words, but I just felt like this, like it is time, you know? So, you know, I just downshifted and twisted the throttle, baby. <laughs> it's downhill. <laughs> Pulled it up there. into a wheelie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So I get home and, you know, I kind of shared um, with a couple of friends uh, what I was thinking and, and um, then went to a board meeting. And it was shortly after that. At that board meeting, I said, guys, I, I think it's really time to bear down into this. I'm really ready to, like, to hand this off, you know. So then they said, okay, it's time we really do business and figure this out with Danny because we, we owe Danny at least the opportunity to say, you know, it's not here or it is here. And of course, everyone's leaning that way, but it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a for sure thing. And uh, so that was really cool. They entered into a process of really examining. So I think I'm talking too much here, but that was kind of what led up to sort of their finally coming together completely in unity and saying they took a vote and they said, Danny's the one. And I remember that night, you know, hearing because they were going to discuss, they were going to do an interview with you and they were going to have a little time to think and pray about it. And uh, because there were some things that maybe with a couple individuals they wanted to process. And I was away. It was the last uh, 21st of August. And I got a phone call from one of our elders that night. And they said, uh, hey, guess what? We, we had a great interview with Danny and we've kind of answered all the issues and we voted right now tonight. And Danny's going to be your successor. And we're offering him the job and we're calling him, you know, one of our board members calling him and I'm calling you, the guy says to me, the elder. 
And I'm like, whoa, it's happening. Like, it's out of my hands. What happened? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Can I and change it, my mind? And it was beautiful. And I put down the phone and my wife and I just held hands and prayed together and thank God. And we talked the next morning, you and I, Danny. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a cool process. It's been, it's crazy to encapsulate four years in whatever it is, 24 minutes or whatever. But yeah. it's, I think it's, mm. you know, I know you only had a few minutes on, on Sunday to kind of share through this, they're ready and share with our staff. And, mm. um, and yeah, I think it's, great for folks to get a little bit of a glimpse behind the scenes of on one hand it just me you know i lived through some of this but on the other hand like i was kind of in the dark for a lot of this because yeah. it's, it's you guys figuring it out right and i'm just doing my job here you know that kind right. of thing and so even for me it's great to be reminded that on one hand there was a great and beautiful thought out process um where it's not like the board thinks I'm the person because like, I'm just sitting here, you know, yeah, that, right. that there was a prayerful and mm-hmm. intentional process. And on the other hand, it wasn't like you hit a button four years ago and it started the mechanics. Like there was this mm-hmm. ebb and flow and conversation mm-hmm. and it was an organic process. Mm-hmm. And yet it was definitely a process. And, you know, part of it was out of your hands where it's, yeah. you know, you're saying, okay, the board's doing this and you know, I imagine that would be a scary thing to yeah. think, okay, this thing I've been spending the last 22 years wanting to do well, yeah. now I'm letting go. <laughs> yeah. And there was a couple of meetings where that became very evident, where it's like, you know, okay, I started this process and and here we're going down the road. But I felt very confident that um, because the Lord is, first of all, he's Lord of our lives individually and he's Lord of our church and that people are definitely in a, a position of submission to him. I just felt like God was going to work it all out. And we both know there was there were cool tension points along the way. And when I say cool, I mean, nobody likes tension, but the tension sort of kind of rounded us up to a better position mm-hmm. with each other. And I saw in you, Danny, it was kind of fun to watch, you know, looking back on that whole process, it was really neat to see how as the time went on and things got a little more serious and a little more focused, I, I kind of almost felt like, you know, uh, you were not, you know, like you're, you were always open. And I know your desire was to be the senior pastor here mm-hmm. if it would work out. Of course. I mean, why wouldn't you? And yet I just saw this humility kind of growing in you to say like, well, you know, not so fast, you know, like it's okay. <laughs> you know, we don't have to rush into anything here. And I've appreciated that because it kind of gave me the sense of, you know, not having to rush or be feeling like that push, like so many of the churches that have kind of these train wreck experiences have, you know, where one guy's kind of getting pushed out and another guy's kind of rooting in. And this has been a really sweet kind of dance where we just uh, keep listening to each other and to the Lord and praying about it. And we need to also talk about at some point, you know, just the whole prayer and fasting piece in Mm -hmm. it, you know? Um, because I think that's that's one of the clarity way, one of the ways that God brings clarity in our times of prayer, and um, so it's it's definitely been more than just you know meetings and discussion and business mm-hmm. and you know spreadsheets and how are we going to do all this? It's been more. It's really been. Or, I loved your word organic. It's been mm-hmm. a prayer movement. Um, and I'm looking forward to even. I know part of your heart for this process was to align. Um, the prayer night that mm. we're having um, the same day as the announcements made just yeah. to kind of the first thing we do once yeah. this rolls out a little mm-hmm. bit is we gather and we pray and we seek the Lord. And I know that's been a, mm. um, you know, I know I made that joke to you last week of, you know, I have four days of fasting and all of a sudden I get a new job. Like this is crazy how powerful <laughs> fasting is. You know, um, <laughs> that, 
I, you know, even that August 21st date, like neither of us mm. thought that was going to happen so quickly once it right. actually came. Right. And I think a lot of, especially in that 11th hour, the, the way that got aligned everyone's hearts and mm-hmm. um, desires and just vote in a sense mm-hmm. came through uh, a concerted effort to, mm-hmm. to devote ourselves together to a fasting initiative, to prayer and, mm-hmm. um, and God just started, you know, moving um, mm-hmm. faster than we even thought, even though, mm-hmm. you know, it's crazy how four years it just kind of ends yeah. in, in one vote, but uh, it's crazy. Also it just begins. It begins, you know, speaking of vote too, one of the things I learned in my research was that, you know, there are some churches that, you know, a board, you know, affirms or then, you know, sort of presents to the congregation and then the congregation votes. And years ago, we made, as a board, we made a decision that in our bylaws that we would not bring votes to the con- congregation. And we just felt the reason for that was is that there's nowhere in the scripture that talks about the church being a democracy. Um, the church is to be ruled, run by eldership. And so we felt like that we want to take that off the tray and not make any big decisions that we make kind of like, like you know putting that pressure on the body of Christ to do that. Um, not that God can't use the body, but there's no way you're going to get a 100% vote on any big initiative that you do in a local church. And so then you've got the issues of like, well, what if your vote was, you know, <laughs> 70-30 or 80-20 or 90-10? You know, how difficult to think, well, and, and we, the reality is there. You know, when I became senior pastor, I know it was not a 100% Larry should be the senior pastor. There were other capable guys. We had people on our staff that would have, I think, been better pastors to our church, you know, but the the Lord decided otherwise. And I love the fact that he did that through the constituted eldership of the church. And so it's incumbent that the the church family, you know, if they believe in the leadership of the church, they believe in the the the, the fact that the Lord is leading this church, then they can rest and not feel the pressure of having to like cast some vote and then having the fear of like that leader thinking that it's been a split decision or or whatever else. So do you have any fear that now that you like announced this, now you're going to find out that it's actually a 2080 and everybody's going to come and say like, you've made a huge mistake. <laughs> no, I'm not worried about that at all. Because <laughs> if it's 2080, then the 80% of the people in the church might be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, yeah. You talked a little bit um, in your announcement of obviously sticking around here, continuing to serve in ministry. What are, what are some things that you're excited about? Yeah kind of mm. taking off the mantle, the burden of mm. leadership and being able to be freed up to yeah. serve like a normal pastor. Sweet. What what excites you about that? Yeah, I, you know, I, I want to do what I'm best at. And I think all along I've been best at sort of shepherding, you know, God's people. I want to get more involved in intercession, prayer, uh, prayer movements in our church, um, prayer initiatives, uh, moving our church more toward just really dependency. It's a dependency issue. You know, mm. Jesus said the one thing we can do is pray. It's the only thing we can do, you know, and so often in the church, me as a senior pastor, so often I find myself, you know, going after all these strategies and stuff. And Jesus said, just, you know, obey me and pray and everything will be sweet, you know. So I want to just work more in the area of intercession. I want to just come alongside of people. I have gifts in, you know, um, hospitality, gifts in grace, uh, you know, or, or mercy giving gifts. So I care for people that are in crisis and that kind of thing too. Really, a lot of what I'm just doing right now in my role, even a senior pastor, um, I'm going to continue to do, um, but with a little different um, influence there, you know. And like I said at the beginning, I I am looking forward to being under your leadership, um, uh, under your teaching. I love your teaching. I believe that God speaks through you every time you preach. Um, 
and you know, occasionally when it works and it fits and it's needful, I know mm-hmm. I love to preach and look forward to that too with our people. But um, I'm looking forward to being a support piece. What are you uh, most excited about not having to do anymore? <laughs> well, you know, let me just say, honestly, you know, the burden of leadership at the senior pastor level is the management of people in, in staff and leadership roles. And I want to say, for any staff listening to this, I <laughs> love our staff. I think we have the most amazing staff on the planet. Um, I wouldn't want to work with anybody else as a senior pastor, but in the role of covering that aspect and the shepherding piece, which is the strongest piece for me. And I love, you know, I think you have more leadership gifts in you than I had, and and I've learned to be a leader. But for me, uh, it's going to be kind of relinquishing some of the organizational pieces that require good um, uh, alignment with leaders and keeping people aligned on the same focus and vision. That's a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. I did it. I was glad I did it. And I'm going to do it until January. <laughs> I'm going to do the best I can, even though you're the executive pastor, so I defer a lot. But I'm still sort of a council shepherd, you know, mm-hmm. in some of those staff relationships and responsibilities. So I'm, that's probably the thing that I'm looking forward to most of sort of not having the responsibility for. I'm still going to be a part of it because I'll be one of us, mm-hmm. you know, in that sense. Which is just fun. I feel like that is unique, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I've the few folks that I've talked to about this process throughout this process, kind of those close friends in my own life. Mm-hmm. You know, at first, everybody says like, "A, you know, no, this isn't gonna work." You know, yeah. the old senior pastor he's got to get out of town and move to you know Fiji Boise. or whatever. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Oh, Fiji, that sounds uh, even better. I know it's just beautiful. <laughs> it's a great place to retire, uh, and I feel like at every stage of the process, the the biggest thing that I've shared with folks um, that I've been connecting with is I'm confident this will work because I, the folks who don't know you, I say Larry Vold is the most humble person mm-hmm. besides Moses and probably <laughs> Jesus who ever lived. And I'm mm-hmm. confident that Larry's humility mm-hmm. is going to be the reason that this process works and that this process after this process works. Mm-hmm. And it's, I feel like that has been, that is not changing going into this next season mm-hmm. where you know, I think it, it feels like second nature for you to say, I'm just going to be a cheerleader and I'm just going to support and I'm mm-hmm. not going to try to exert. Lead. I feel like mm-hmm. self-deceived leaders also mm-hmm. say that. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Say, I'm not, no, yeah. I'm just going to let this guy lead. Right. But you really will right. do all those things because that's cons- like, you have never been the person who allows yourself to be put on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Your only demand you made of us in the midst of this succession plan was that you not be honored in any way, <laughs> that was your, um, which we'll find some secret ways yeah. to uh, honor God's work through you in this. Um, but I feel yeah. like that's, and that's a huge lesson for me mm-hmm. in what it means to serve. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even talking to our kids about this, you know, the, the first thing my kid said was, do we own the church now? Yeah. <laughs> I said, no, no, no. I said, being in charge as a Christian means you are the, you're the chief servant of mm. everyone. Your Amen. job is to serve everybody. Amen. And, um, you know, and we all mm. learn that from you mm. and yeah. I'm excited to continue yeah. working in that capacity with you and then also try uh, to see if I can figure out how to do that for other people as well. well but thank you. I'm thank confident you. this will be, this will work because this isn't you changing who you are to step into this next season. This is you leveraging, like you're saying, even more being able to leverage the gifts that God gave you and the character that God gave you and that you cultivated with him mm. to 
continue to be a servant for the people in our church and in our community and our mm-hmm. staff and anyone who comes across your way. So I appreciate I'm that. excited to see this all come I together. I appreciate it. I think, you know, I mean, maybe a little overinflated what you think of me, but that just reinforces you know, what I just said. A, <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored and feel very humbled. God knows my heart. I'm, I'm a sinner and God has been good. So Well, thanks for uh, being willing to sit on the podcast at your own church. Hey, I love it. Thank you. Looking forward to the next one. Thanks so much for joining us for the special episode of our podcast today. I feel like this conversation might launch a few more. So feel free to stay tuned on our podcast through the iTunes app or through our Three Crosses app. And every once in a while, we might pop up another special episode for you to engage with as we continue this conversation over the next few months. If you have any specific questions, feel free to send us an email at podcast at threecrosses.org. And we would love to connect with you and answer any questions you might have. 